This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 894, Spotlight on Loki, series recap. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. This is episode 894. This is our spotlight on uh, Loki, the, well, I guess, the series finale, uh, series finale and series recap. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, joined with my, my I guess, my Disney Plus co-host, Tibor Mate. Tibor, say hello. How's it going, man? It's good to have you back. It feels like it's been no time at all since uh, we've only had six episodes of Loki. So we we just talked about that on June 13th, and now we're talking again on July 14th. Yeah, well, it's a month. It's kind of crazy, because it just feels like it goes by so quick. And I guess it's because we're used to some of the uh, the longer-running you know Disney Plus shows like Mandalorian, which is not that much longer, but still feels longer. And then also something like uh, you know WandaVision, which obviously went longer as well, although it had shorter episodes. So in terms of actual runtime, it may be that, you know, not that dissimilar. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Overall, it's probably close to, close to runtime. So I have yeah, a lot I mean, of questions. The episode format does feel a little quick, but it's not that bad. Like, I do like the week-to-week yeah, I, well, yeah, I, I think week to week just feels nice to feel like it's moving and you're getting more of the content. I think I'm curious what your thoughts are because I'm mixed on how I felt about the series in general. Um, so I, I think we were both pretty hot on the first episode. Uh, really liked the characterization, the fact that they kind of slowed things down, took the time to really get the character where he needed to be so they could actually give him a series and, and kind of explore uh, what the TVA was. From that point, so we had five episodes that we haven't talked at least on podcast, and really haven't talked much elsewhere else either. What have your What did you think about the rest of the show? So I think after like the third episode, I was kind of like, eh, like I wasn't quite sure how I felt on it. Okay, um, or maybe it was the fourth. Actually, I think it was the fourth. For me, it was the, for me it was the third. I think that, that I was starting to wonder. Yeah, and then I went and I did a rewatch. Like so, I watched every episode again. I, I, ultimately, I really liked it. Like I, I liked the series as a whole. Um, but it's obviously not a whole, right? <laughs> Which we just learned today. Yeah, well, and that's that's actually a, a part of the problem I had with it is that it felt like, it felt unfinished because it had a cliffhanger, and it's not like you can't do that. It just felt like like when you re- when you w- watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, obviously, they're going to do more. And when it ended, we weren't sure if it was going to be another season or if it was going to be a movie, but we knew they were going to do more. But it did feel like they ended the story. And so I felt like I got a complete adventure. And here, I don't feel that way. I feel like I just got... It was kind of like we got beginning and middle, but we didn't get an end. Uh, We definitely started something big in terms of... Maybe this is the big bad of Phase 4, which is bold to do it in a TV show. But it didn't feel like it was giving me... You know anything that was conclusive, and I don't need it to be like an end end, but it just felt needed to feel a little bit more, I don't know, a little tidier, and it felt so open that unless they have season two ready to go fast, it's going to be a little annoying. Well, yeah, I mean it is. It's, it's so different than like your old school, like typical cliffhanger. You know, it comes to mind for me is like the um, Star Trek: The Next Generation, right? Best of both worlds. For sure. Yeah, you, know, you had to you had to wait like all summer to find out what the hell happened to Picard. But it, this is so different in the sense of, like, we have no idea when it's going to drop. Um, is it going to pick up with um, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and stuff? Or, like, you know, like, it's such a different thing, right? Because all these things can connect together. So, um, it, it, in that sense, it's kind of cool, though. Like, cause, like, where are we going to pick up this story again? Right? Yeah, like, I mean, and, we, and to be honest, we've kind of felt that, I mean... With WandaVision, we knew we were going to see Wanda again because there was no secret that she was going to be in the next Doctor Strange movie. But we didn't know anything about White Vision. So White Vision's out there, and we have no idea where he's going to show up again. 
So it's not like they haven't kind of done that before. And so now we're kind of seeing that again here, but it's, I feel like in a much larger scale. Uh, and again, obviously the, the keyword for phase four seems to be multiverse. Uh, although it's interesting, some of the movies don't seem that they're going to have much of a connection to that overarching theme, but it definitely feels like, you know, the, the name of the game is multiverse and making things as big and crazy as possible. And I do appreciate the ending here because I felt like the there were so many questions that the, you know, the first episode kind of raised about the TVA and what it was going to mean for what about alternate realities? Well, now we, by the end, we have an explanation, an explanation for how we're still getting a multiverse. Yeah, no, it, it, like this really does set up phase four right like it's it was, this last episode is like the kickstart it sets up what if like you know like it was kind of like well how are they going to have this whole animated tv show what if if the tva stops it from happening so now it, it's not right yeah it, it is kind of funny how it works like i, I think people would have just accepted what if as its own thing anyway like if, but um but you're right. because it's animated it feels like it's different even though it's still you know, part of the MCU, there's just something about it being animated that felt like it was kind of a, a different line in the sand. Whereas now, maybe it doesn't need to be that way. I mean, there's a lot of the same actors are in it, not some of the biggest ones, but there's still a lot of actors or soundalikes who are in it that, you know, it's obviously still meant to be MCU, but now we have a, you know, kind of a confirmation that it makes sense that there's all these other alternate realities. I'm curious about where the Watcher was or is or where he comes from. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I mean, that's the only thing about this episode is that last one is that it, it just uh, it, it, it leaves you with more questions than answers, right? So you're like, you know, you got a couple answers, but you ended up with a lot more questions. For sure. Now, one thing I didn't know, uh, I was, I was, uh, a friend of mine had posted something online, and I was like, oh, I didn't even realize that something about um, now I forget his name, Aleth or Isla, I, you know, the big giant you know, creature that they stopped. I guess that right. is, that is in the comics as basically that exactly that. Um, and that there is a, in the comics, there is kind of, um, a map of time and what Elia, Elioth has. And in terms of his kingdom and how much of it is ruled by the TVA and how much of it was like ruled by, you know, Kang the conqueror, etc. And they all had like different conquered periods in time that they were kind of looking after. So ancient time was kind of guarded by Elioth and you couldn't really go into it. So it's a weird concept, but I was, it was exciting to kind of see that this wasn't just something they made here. This was something that was rooted in the comics that I, even I didn't know. Wow, that's the second one I've heard now. I know it happens. I mean, there's there's a lot of that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we're, we're we're getting that deep into the MCU now. Eh? That you, there's stuff that you don't even know. I love it. It does happen. Uh, so I, I don't know what the best way to really approach this is. I mean, obviously we're really talking about the finale more than anything because that's where we are. So with with where it ends. There's a lot of talking in this episode, and that has at times been to the detriment of the series. That I felt like at times it it was almost so talky talky that it was potentially alienating. But this one, I was on every word, every word that that uh, he who remains, I guess, said. I was just like, I cannot wait to hear more of this. Yeah, no, absolutely. The only thing that got to me was like, I'm like, holy shit, how are they going to wrap this up? And then, of course you know, the big reveal that there's a second season. I was like, you motherfuckers. Like, you know, like I, I was expecting an ending, but I'm like, it's so fucking Marvel to, 
just be like, nope, ha we got you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that, that came out of nowhere, right? Because nobody expected it to have a second season. Yeah. So. It's not, not nearly as artful, but I mean, obviously Mandalorian had a similar thing with the book of Boba Fett. Obviously that was like a full cool scene as opposed to just kind of a, a stamp, but it was also something we did not know and suddenly we got. And now, unlike Boba Fett, though, that came with a date. This does not. Yeah, I know, for sure. Well, I'm wondering, like, it was the pandemic, too, right? I guess they weren't able, like, I, I mean, I know a lot of productions went back in, but was it, um, like, have they shot anything for this? I, I don't know. Well, I think that I, in terms of even when they shot Loki, I'm not even sure exactly when they were shooting it, because I think they must have shot it during the pandemic anyway. Well, that, yeah, I wonder, like, when how the how the schedules all worked out, right? But was, yeah. wasn't Loki going to be the first, or was it going to be the other way around? No, no, Loki was, Loki was never going to be the first. It looks like uh, filming began in January 2020, so it was one of the later ones. Okay, so it was always meant to be the third of the, of the three? I believe so, yeah. Now, according to, to Wikipedia, which, as we know, is never wrong, uh, season two is scheduled to begin filming in January 2022. Oh, okay, so it's a wild film. Uh, yeah, if that's correct. I mean, I take that with a giant grain of salt because it looks like that might be wrong. But uh, I mean that, that. But that would that's a long time from now. Like to leave something like this. And so the minute that this episode went up today, it felt like there started being a lot of publications saying Loki's going to be in the next Doctor Strange movie. And I'm like, in the middle of his two shows, like how is it? I, I don't even know how that would work. Well, I mean, he doesn't have to be right because he's at the TVA. So like, how involved is the TVA going to be in this? Like. Well, in like, yeah, is he even in the like? How many rea- like are there different realities where the TVA exists now? Are they are they still outside of time, or they don't know who Loki is? Like, how, like there's just so again, so many questions. Oh yeah, well yeah, I mean that was a hell of an ending, right? It was like he like Mobius doesn't even know who he is now, right? So that was interesting. It was um, cool to yeah, again there's, there's... see the multiverse and like going past all the red lines and seeing just how many tendrils there were out there. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of neat, the, the, uh, just watching it. And then, like, just the two of them standing there, like, I guess this is it. <laughs> this is our new reality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was cool. Lots of questions. Um, so you don't obviously know as much about the comics, so how did you feel about the He Who Remains? Did you like how the character was written? Did you like the performance? Uh, did you realize when you saw him that he's gonna? he was already going to, like, that actor's already been announced to be in Ant-Man 3? Like, was any of that in your mind? No, yeah. So I until you said Kang, I had no idea that that was him, right? I, I didn't know. So that uh, yeah. So for me, it was just okay. Who is this guy? He kind of reminded me of um, what's that Serenity, hmm. the um, the guy that the bounty hunter. Oh yeah. Like a little bit, just the, the way he speaks. Which is, um, but no, like you, I was just like I was really like into you know just what is he talking about? How is he explaining it all? Like I, I was on the edge of my seat. Like where's the answers? Where's the answers? Right. Hmm. So it was fun. I was surprised at first by, like, the humor that they used with him, um, and and but then I warmed up to it pretty quickly, because I thought it really worked a lot, and actually, I was saying this to a, a, a friend earlier today, that there is an episode, there's, sorry, there's four episodes of the X-Men animated series called Beyond Good and Evil, which was actually meant to be the series finale, but ended up not being the finale, um, and it was all about, you know, Apocalypse was trying to control time, so he had found the kind of the nexus of time, and he was trying to, you know, destroy all, all, all life, whatever, um, but, and there was this character who shows up as, like, the J 
janitor of in this area who seems like really crazy and weird and he's like hassling Bishop a lot and at the very end when everything gets fixed and Bishop goes back to his own time the janitor's just standing there on his own and again he's just been silly the entire time and then he and then he changes briefly into Immortus which is the older version of Kang which is essentially who this character was here and then he just disappears and you're like whoa whoa hold on a second so it makes me think of that because that sillier nature felt like that version of the character. Um, not quite as silly, uh, but it just it felt very similar that it's the it's still the master of the end of time and he's just being kind of silly, but he's you know he's a lot more serious than that. So anyways, it reminded me of that for some reason. That's cool. It was a, yeah, I, I like this portrayal. And I mean, it, with that much exposition too, like it, it was nice to have that bit of humor in it, right? Because it just makes it less uh, stale and boring. For sure. But uh, I like no, that I, like, he's. I I like that he said again, like you know, he's been a conqueror and a ruler, and those felt like two very pointed references. Because as Kang, he's known as Kang the Conqueror, and uh, in one of the versions of the character, he goes back to ancient Egypt and rules uh, as a, as, a, as a pharaoh Ramatut. So I like, I felt like both of those were a nice kind of sly references. Well, the Conqueror is less sly, but nice references to who he is in the comics. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, nice. I like that kind of stuff that they do. It makes me more excited to see him in Ant-Man because I want to see the other versions. I want to see him as, like, you know, the, the crazy conqueror. Like, I'm hoping we get to see a younger version of him who becomes a young Avenger, like that which happened in the comics. So, like, I want to see all the crazy versions of this character now that they've, you know, basically said this is that's what's going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that it, it, make, it opens it up to, like, you know, it is, it is an interesting way of uh, they can do whatever they want with it, right? For sure, it's it's funny too because I felt like they created a problem. They, they created the TVA, like sorry, they have the TVA show up in this show, and ostensibly it's a way to kind of maybe fix the timeline stuff. And then we realize it's maybe more complicated than that. And then they just blow it all up at the end anyway. Like everything is true. Yeah, no, yeah, it's true. Like this, this show, you constantly you're like, what is going on? It was like, how does time travel work? Because they're like lying to you simultaneously, and then it's just a. Um, like I still, still, I still don't fully understand the reset charge. Hmm. Yeah. How does that work? Yeah, because like my thing is like uh, I know Marvel's very thing about details and stuff. So it's interesting. Like every time you see the reset charge, it doesn't take out like the entire premises around it, right? No. Like with the um, like for example, when Sylvie's in Asgard, it doesn't take out the rest of Asgard. It just takes out like her toys that she was playing with. Yeah, it's weird. So it's like, how does that work, right? Because I was wondering about that with, uh, like, the void is there because you can't uh, destroy matter, right, in the mm. universe. So everything gets dumped in the void. But then what happens to the branch itself? Like, Unclear. To, like, the, the setting? Yeah, like, I, I figure, like, does the multiverse kind of exist, it's, it's like, as it is there? Kind of, as, as like, a, a giant waste dump somewhere. It's weird. That, that one I'm still wondering, like, I'm still pondering it but that's the whole thing about time travel right it just fucks with your head it does oh so one thing we we should definitely talk about is the episode where we had all the different versions of loki um you know because we have him die in what episode four and we're like whoa what are you going to go from there and then he gets to be with this whole other group and uh that was a lot of fun seeing all the different versions seeing all the easter eggs that were thrown into that episode like that felt like the the, that, that felt like fan service in a way that was not alienating, but just fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Like with the, the um, you know, I'm not as, as big a fan of the comics, or I haven't read as many of the comics. 
but um, but like seeing the Thanos copter, like yeah. <laughs> stuff like that, like that's hilarious. It's yeah. cool that they were able to throw it in there. And I mean, Gator, uh, you know, Gator Loki, like oh yeah, would have thought that that would be possible. You know, in a, and it, and people are like, okay, that it makes sense, it works. Well, I like. I, it'd be interesting too to see how many like groups like you know go as the different versions of Loki for Halloween. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it opens up the cosplay of like a big set. But I even like that Loki was like when Sylvie shows up and he's just like, yeah, that, he's a Loki dude. Just don't overthink it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's like basically nodding to the audience. Like, don't don't think too hard about it. Like, it's funny. Like, there's a lot of good little moments in there. How did you feel in general about Sylvie? I mean, there's a there's a lot of time spent on her, and obviously there's an odd romance of, of sorts because you know it's essentially the same person so it's a weird narcissistic self-love but what did you think of you know of her character and ultimately what she does yeah uh, personally I think it's hilarious that he fell in love with himself essentially because it's so Loki it's so perfect um, but no I really liked the actress I think she did a great job of, of the character it's a dad. just there's, there's so many great moments with her right like she's she's interesting yeah, and they're not and they're not exactly the same either, right? Which is also fun because it's like seeing the similarities, but also seeing the differences is what makes that whole thing, that whole situation, and that dynamic interesting. I did like that the the line in the last episode about how you know she can't trust and he can't be trusted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like I, I really liked um, in the previous it was that um, when she's like, "Are you going to betray me?" Like with the and then she hands him the the temp pad, and then he hands it over to um, Mobius. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool too, right? Like, so it was, it was a moment of trust there, right? Sure. She gave it to him first. I so. uh, I gotta say I really enjoyed as well the um, I guess the the classic Loki. First of all, we got to see the classic costume, which was amazing, and uh, it, that character really sold it for me. Like it was because it was so sad. Like his his entire thing was like you know he survived the moment that. Uh, you know the, the prime Loki did not eventually uh, when Thanos killed him, and it, it was all for nothing, and it, it didn't matter. But I love seeing him have his moment, um, which was really special. I guess the only character who really didn't get to have a moment was Kid Loki. Yeah, not not as big a moment. He he handed over the dagger to um, to Loki, right? Yeah, that's true. I guess we got to specify which Lokis. But, um, but so, yeah. so many Lokis, yeah. Yeah, uh, I I did like. Um, I know you want to see, or a lot of people want to see Mobius on his jet skis, but him in the car picking them up, uh, uh, picking up Sylvie was, was was still pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty funny. But I, I did like the line of, um, you know, you could just throw a rock out here and find a Loki. <laughs> it was pretty great. I do like the again the idea that they're kind of the cockroaches. Yeah, well, so I'll be honest, like, one of my theories was that it was going to be Loki himself. I think everyone thought that, right? Like, it just felt like that's where it was going. Yeah, like, it would be another Loki, and that's why there's so many Loki variants. Because that's the other thing, is why are there so many Loki variants that they're pulling out? Like, they're they're basically alluding to it's his character, and that he's always, you know, going to be devious and screw something up, and that's why there ends up being so many of them. But, uh, But I was wondering if maybe there was, like, an ulterior motive where... It was Loki was afraid of being betrayed by himself, right? So mm. just getting rid of all the other Lokis. But it didn't pan out that way. So interesting. Yeah, I was I was very, very pleased that it, it didn't end up being another Loki. Like, I really thought that that's what they were going to go. Because it just felt like that's also kind of been the pattern that we've been seeing for the... Um, 
for the MCU TV series is that, you know, there's a lot of speculation about something crazy at the end, and it ends up being something relatively simple and not the crazy out there theory. Like, we didn't get Mephisto. We didn't get, like, crazy stuff happening in one, you know, we already had crazy stuff in WandaVision, but we didn't get, like, the crazy theories uh, coming true. But here, we actually did. It, it really was Kang or Immortus or whatever version of him you want to call him. It still was that character. That's very exciting that, you know, I think, yeah, it's almost like they set the expectations low that, oh, it's just going to be another Loki. And then it wasn't, and it was great. Yeah, no, it was cool. And I think it's kind of cool that they use the other two shows to kind of set the precedent and then, like, throw the precedent out, right? Because <laughs> like, it was like, okay, well, they're not going to do anything big because it's one of the shows. But then they're like, no, fuck you, we are going to do something big. <laughs> we tricked you again. Like, exactly. it's so Marvel to do it, right? It was, it was great. Oh, for sure. No, it was yeah, and so I I I quite I quite dug it. You know, again, I think the the episode really sorry the series really redeemed itself for me for from the last episode. Um, I think it really made it all kind of worthwhile um, because again, there were some episodes that, that I, I guess the the last three were really strong, whereas the the middle or like the second and third ones were a little slower, uh, and this made me start to doubt. Um, but again, if you watch it all together, it's like a you know. I don't know how many hours that is, but as one big movie, I think you'd probably be rewarded. Oh, absolutely. And like I said, when I went, I think it was episode three or four, I decided to go back and watch it all again. And like on the second viewing, you know, you pick up more things and like it, it is, it's an enjoyable series. I really liked it like, all the way through. There's a lot of great character moments. Um, the two of them on the train, uh, that was, you know, there's some great stuff there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the two of them got to really shine. And Mobius, too, with his name, uh, Owen Wilson, was, was fantastic. He looked like he was having fun every moment of it. Like, every time he was on screen, he was just having a great time. Yeah, well, I liked, um, I liked that this last episode, too. I liked him trying to convince Rensler that, like, hey, maybe we can do something here as positive. Well, I like. I love the idea that the way to try and get people on his side was to have them, you know, find, you know, her original life. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it was well played. Like that was that was an awesome idea, and the minute I was like, "Oh, that's what they're doing!" Like that's really cool. Like that's a how else? I mean, you can't just tell someone something, right? You got to show them. So that was a really clever way of doing it. Yeah, that was neat. So she was like a principal at that school, right? Yeah, which makes sense why she had the the pen, right? Yeah, it linked it back. Yeah, that was that was cool. Because I always thought that would be like it'd be some reference to like Spider Man or something or something eventually, but instead it was a lot simpler, but still a very cool detail. Again, that they they knew enough to kind of have seed that in there that early. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, a lot of these things are obviously planned out, and that's what I again I give respect to Marvel in that sense that like you know you know you're going to have six episodes, so they're they're well plotted. So it's not just like we get these weird episodes that don't do anything or whatever. Like, for sure, some of them are a little slower and they're like more character driven. But they, but they know where it's going, so they have like that. The, the series has a flow to it, right? Which is cool. Mm-hmm. I like that they actually have the you know they have the foresight to plan it out decently. I do feel like it's interesting that yeah obviously it's plotted out and it's planned and they kind of knew where they were going to go um i was still surprised by some of the i guess the third episode is what the one that throws me um because it just felt like it was an over-reliance on a lot of talking not a lot of happening and it didn't feel like it really went anywhere and i think one thing i do think about about this show in general is that that first episode felt like it really gave us a premise and then it never really tried to 
live up to that premise. Like, it did something different. Uh, the minute we had Sylvie, it was all about him and Sylvie, but it, it never really did the whole, what everyone kind of expected it to, which was going to be, are we going to be doing some time jumping and, you know, something a little bit different, more, more different and more exciting. And we did get something decidedly different. And I'm actually not sure how we feel about that. I like the, sh- I like in general where we got with it at the end, but I do kind of miss the fact that we didn't get the kind of time jumping hijinks that I thought we were going to get originally. Yeah. But I mean, like the show's called Loki, right? So it, yeah. it, it was, it's not it called the TVA. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it was very much a driven piece of, like, you know, character piece for that character, right? And those characters. Mm. So, it, it, to me, it works. Like, it works with it, it, you know, it did what its title set out to do. True. It was a, a very, uh, yeah, a very big... It definitely takes a lot of swings. Like again, if this was a movie, I don't know how it would perform because I think the word of mouth would be like it gets a little confusing and weird. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you couldn't do this as a film. I don't think it was. But it's just like you need that week to week to think about things. And and then the other thing about it too is like from a marketing standpoint, whatever. Like it's so clever, right? That they keep you thinking, they keep you, you know, and it keeps the conversation going, right? Because people are speculating and wondering, and yeah, it, it. like just totally takes over social media so from that side of things they've got that formula working very well for them too there was a, I saw someone tweet yesterday about uh, oh Loki's on tomorrow morning so I better wake up super early so uh, the internet doesn't ruin it for me well that's what happened to me right like I had to work today so it's a, um, you know I'm in at 7 usually but I, I got up at 4.45 and just was like I gotta watch this before I go to work because <laughs> the last thing I want to do is see a tweet or something and ruin it right that's and so I'm glad I did. It was worth it. For sure. It's so funny that you ha- that you feel like you have to do it. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Like it was a, especially because it was the final, right? Like I was like, nah, I don't want the final. Movie. So. No, yeah, you don't. You don't want. If you spend the time with it already, you don't want to get it ruined for yourself. Yeah, and I, and I personally, I, I love the the week to week, right? I love that it gives you time to think about each episode and kind of process it. Mm. Which, like, when you have the binge, you don't get that, right? Like, no, that's true. You know, I, so I do like the week to week. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, obviously there's going to be tons of conjecture and a lot of things going up online and people writing think pieces about it. But uh, one of the ones that I did like was that the idea that, you know, maybe this is this is what Wanda is hearing when she's at the end of her own show. Uh, that's, you know, that because you have all these realities, you know, this multiverse getting created, maybe she's actually hearing someone from, you know, her kids from a different reality, not even... I think a lot of people thought it was going to be demonic or from Mephisto or something like that, but maybe it's as simple as another reality. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think of that. Yeah, we could put the connection together. That's kind of cool. Because we don't know... I mean, who knows when Loki's even happens, right? Like, he's at the end of time. Like, he's all over the place. So his sense of timing could be anything. Because obviously Renslayer... Wait is from, like, way, you know, she's from the 90s, but she's lived eons, so she's, you know, done a lot at whatever time period they're at. Yeah, well, that, that was cool, like, a you know, a, a friendship over eons, right? Well, that was kind of neat. Yeah. But, um, but, but even Loki mentions, remember? Like, uh, uh, I think it's the, not the last episode, the one before, he's like, oh, yeah, I've been, oh, I don't even know, right? Like, he's like, how long has it been? Because <laughs> he's, he's totally lost track of time, right? So, do you think next uh, next season we see him on a jet ski? I mean, I feel like that's going to have to happen. Maybe that's like the post credit in one of the episodes or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to have to happen at some point, right? Like, but I do like the fact that the TVA is going to be around. Like, I was kind of like sad that the TVA was going to disappear. At least that's what I was thinking, right? Hmm. 
Um, but like, like what what are game. they? Are, like, are they still pruning realities, or are they something else? Well, no, they, obviously they're not. But I, like, it, it'll be interesting to see where they they do go with it, right? Like, that's the cool part. Like, I like that it's just not blown up and gone or whatever and erased out of time. Like, I like that it's going to be a lingering question, which is kind of cool. Like, there is the question too of like exactly how was Kang's life connected to you know the multiverse reopening? Like, how does that actually work? Well, yeah, and, like, his re- reincarnation, right? Because he was like, I'll see you soon, right? Yeah, well, so, I, I like that. And, yeah, is it reincarnation, or is it just, again, is is that even what you would call it? I mean, who knows? Yeah, well, he does mention that, right? So, who, what, what, like, or is he just, you know, fucking with them, too? Like, how much of what he said was actually the truth? Like, it, it's kind of interesting. And, like, so, part, of, so, part, of him seemed, part of him seemed excited about it, and part of him seemed resigned to it. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it was well acted, I, and I really like that set. I really like the um, the look of that castle. Mm. I, I like that like sort of black with like the the goldish like cracking, and like it just was a cool set. Yeah. What did you uh, What did you think of Miss Minutes here? Oh yeah, she, she kind of was more devious in the end, right? Like that was kind of funny too. She was creepy, like she was manipulative and and kind of scary, and like I, it's an adorable looking character, but there's there's a there's darkness there. Yeah, exactly. Like even the episode before when she was trying to help the rent player, like the delay, right? She's like, "Oh, just pull out the file." Yeah, you know? it's like, "No, you're not. You're just stalling for time." Like you sneaky little weird artificial intelligence. Hundred percent. Yeah, no, it was great. I yeah, I I love the voice work. Um, I thought it was yeah, it was perfect. It was funny because again, it started off so innocent in the first episode, but yeah, it got more and more devious and realized that there's a lot more going on with Miss Minutes than we realized at the beginning. Yeah, I like that too. Like, I like that she was like a kind of a creepy character in the end. I I, I would imagine we still get to see Miss Minutes in season two. Oh yeah, for sure. She's got to be around. Crazy. Um, I'm trying to think other other big thoughts. Um, I, when it happened, were you were you surprised when first Mobius and then uh, Loki were killed or purged or pruned? I should say. Pruned. Yeah. It was a, um, yeah. For sure. I mean, I like wasn't expecting it. It was a. Um, I was more was surprised by Mobius than I was like when once it happened to Loki. I'm like, okay, they've got to be doing something else. But when Mobius d- died, I was like, is that actually it? Oh, sure, yeah. Like it was kind of like uh, you know, absolutely. Like I, I thought, oh wow, like that was a weird way to take him out. But I guess that's the way it's going. <laughs> Part of me wishes that they would rename the show Loki's. <laughs> Loki, yeah. I mean, they couldn't oh, have yeah. ca- they couldn't have called it that at the beginning because that would have tipped their hand, but. You know, now they could. Well, yeah, but I mean, also, I, I like the uh, the imagery that they used. I love how they had the the title sequence. Mm. It was just all of the different letters interchanging. Like, it, it, it's very clever and subtle. Like, I like that. For sure, it was a nice touch. Yeah, it was very different than the other opening themes we got. Yeah. Oh, I, that's another thing. With the, I'm glad you mentioned that the score was excellent. Like, I remember I mentioned in the for the first episode, I was really um, pumped about the score. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it totally delivered all the way through. Like it, it was a very different score than you're used to. With those, like just, I really like that. Well, you like the, you just like the the theremin, right? No, well, not just, but like just the use of it and the way it was. Like it's a great score. Like yeah, very. Like I'm excited because uh, on Apple Music they dropped the first three episodes, and I guess uh, this week they'll drop the next three, right? Mm, that's that makes sense. Uh, I've been listening to the first three. Like uh, just uh, you know, it's been great. 
Yeah, it, it, I gotta say, it did stick with me because when I was watching it again, I was like, "Yeah, the like the, the the themes that they use are extremely strong. Like, it's just it's yeah. very memorable. Really sticks out. I don't remember the music of Falcon and the Winter Soldier very much, but I remember this one. This feels more. There's more of an identity to it. Yeah, and even even WandaVision, like it's it's more the theme songs that you remember, right? It's Correct. Not so yeah. much the score. So yeah, no, this, this to me is like. Um, I don't know if you uh, remember from TNG days, but um, like Ron Jones was one of the the score uh, guys in the early season. Okay. He did um, Best of Both Worlds, and he did a couple of really memorable scores. Um, and then Rick Berman kind of was like, "Oh no, I don't want music that stands out that much. Like I want it more subtle." Mm. So, um, so they split the fans, right? Because a lot of fans really like Ron Jones' stuff, and it, it, it reminds me of that in a way, where it's like. There's a time and place for the more subtle score, but sometimes it's nice to have that standout score. Yeah. And this was exactly that. That's true. It's actually it's interesting to say that. I remember reading uh, about Alan Silvestri when he did Back to the Future, and he was told to make the score very big because there wasn't going to be a lot on the screen. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Like it's um, it's interesting when you get these guys. Well, him too. He did um, one of the Bond films, right? Which but, one? Um, uh, for your eyes only. So the, really? The first eighty, the first eighties film was Roger Moore, and it's a very eighties soundtrack, and it doesn't sound like any of the other Bond films. Interesting. It's just really cool. It stands out. Like it's unique. It's kind of yeah. cool. That is interesting. Uh, I'm pretty so, sure. I'm pretty sure it was him. He also did uh, Rocky, right? He also did which one? He also did Rocky as well. I think, right? The Rocky uh, score. I don't think so. No, it wasn't with it. Maybe I'm mixing it up then. It's okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look that up on the fly now because you could be. You could be right, but it just. It didn't feel right to me, but it must be. Let's yeah, see. Let's so we got Alan Silvestri. Sure. Alan Silvestri. Let's see. Uh, the earliest thing he worked on was, oof, the Doberman Gang, Las Vegas Lady. Okay, let's, let's Romancing the Stone in '84, Back to the Future in '85. Uh, let's see. So am I mixing him up with those? I think you are. Yeah. Uh, he got he did Predator, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Back to Future Two, Back to Future Three, Predator Two. Um, let's see, Father of the Bride, Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, The Bodyguard, uh, Super Mario Brothers. There's a, there's one for you. Uh, yeah, there's a, yeah. He did uh, Forrest Gump. Uh, that's a pretty good. Oh, okay. That's a pretty good score there. He did the original Judge Dredd. Um, he did, uh, apparently he likes doing some uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. He did Eraser. This is interesting stuff. Yeah, it's a, it's a big mix. A very big yeah. mix. He did Castaway, yeah. the, the Mummy Returns. He did uh, uh, The Mexican. He's done, he did Lilo and Stitch, apparently, which is a Disney movie. There you go. Like, all over but the yeah, place. This, this artist that did uh, Loki is Natalie something, with a, the, and she doesn't have a huge... Uh, uh, like I think she's starting out, so that I hope she gets some some uh, some good stuff in the future because definitely a solid score. That'd be very unique for sure. Uh, just one more thing about Alan Silvestri. He also did Captain America: The First Avenger. He did the score for the first Avengers movie, um, and he did the score for right. Infin- Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah, he did all the Avengers except for I guess uh, Age of Ultron. Right? That's right. Yeah. So. I mean, I I always think of him as Back to the Future. That's always the first thing I think of. But obviously, he's done a lot more than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing is, like the cap music, kind of just it's kind of forgettable. 
like it's it's sort of in the background and just sits there. Which one? For for Captain America, like all, it's a different guy. So it's, it's, um, but that music is just sort of that subtle, like you know, in the background kind of music. It's not. Uh, it doesn't really stand out in the same way. That's why, like the Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's true. not as. Uh, it doesn't stand out. That's true. So I before we kind of start to move on from Loki, uh, Hiddleston was obviously fantastic and did a great job, and he looked like he was having so much fun, especially when he was President Loki. That looked like he was just having the best time. Yeah, well, and it's cool that he got to grow the character and do something totally different. So sure. that was awesome. Um, now, oh, we've talked about Owen Wilson. We haven't talked a lot about uh, the actual actress who played Sylvie, which is, I guess, Sophia DiMartino. What would you think of her? Again, yeah, I really liked her. Like, it was a, I thought she was great. Like, it was a, she it fit the role really well. Because, um, I love the, the the interaction between the two of them. Like, they, you know, they had good chemistry. Just she was solid all around. It's funny, right? Because like we don't like American audiences don't know her, but obviously she's an English actress who's been in a lot of stuff and been steadily working, you know, over the last decade. But we we haven't we don't know her. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I don't know if I've seen her in anything else, but uh, but yeah, I thought she was really good in this. She, uh, yeah, no, and I, I don't know if you saw. Um, she, there was a shout out that she gave to the costume designer because um, she was uh, she was breastfeeding while playing the role, and so they they built in a way for her to easily get like do breastfeeding while or pump while she's in the yeah, co- like able to get kind of get out of the costume, and that they concealed all sorts of like you know zippers and stuff so she could actually take it off. <laughs> Yeah, it was, I saw that. I think she tweeted that, right? Was yeah. That, yeah, I saw that. that was, yeah, it's kind of funny. But, but yeah, I mean, get on the costume people for, you know, yeah, that, like that plate at the front just was all dipped on, I guess. So. Exactly, yeah. No, I, th- I thought she did an amazing job. It's funny, at the beginning, I wasn't sure. And then the more she inhabited the role, the more I really couldn't take my eyes off her. She really was magnetic. Yeah, I, I did like it that even in the end, like her, she like was going to achieve her goal, right? Like she was just driven to do it and uh, like you know she wanted to take it all down right but she she did it yeah like i i even the kind of quote unquote prerequisite fight scene of her and loki in the last episode it felt so much more earned because they had been through all this together and they finally came to the end of the road and you know she she's just been so driven by the one thing she can't see anything else yeah well i mean it makes sense for her character too right she was taken as a child like you know, it's pretty fucked up. For sure. And actually, even with our, like, I'm going to call him our Loki, it made sense that if, if we've seen anything that he's done, it's always been about adapting. So, of course, he would adapt to the situation and try and figure out the best way out of it. And so if that means taking over the TVA, that's the adaptation he'll do. And so, like, every time we see him in any of the movies, it's always about how is Loki adapting to the new situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, he played it well. And I like, I like that he got to do a bunch of different stuff with it. Because I'm sure after 10 years of playing the same sort of thing, like, it gets a little stale too, right? So for him, I'm sure he enjoyed that. Yeah. Although, I, again, I feel like even, like Loki himself has been many different things in each movie. So I feel like as much as he's played the same character, they've been able to do th- different things with those characters even in those movies. Like, even though they're, they're might, the arc might have been kind of cyclical that eventually he'd end up doing the same thing, you know, you see him in Avengers, he's a lot more bloodthirsty than he is elsewhere. That's true. Yeah, first Avengers, he is pretty uh, gruesome. Especially like when you first see him, like he looks straight up like terrifying. Yeah, no, he was. It's crazy to think that that was that long ago now, right? Like 2012. 
and like, uh, and now I can only really picture you know Loki in his TVA uniform. Like, there's just something about it. He really, he really wears it well. Yeah, no, it's funny. Like the hit with the skinny tie and everything. Like, it just it looks right. <laughs> yeah, no, it worked for him for sure. So I'm now sure there'll be a lot of cosplaying of that. Yeah. So now this is over. So I guess the season two. We're assuming if it starts relatively soon, it's still part of Phase 4. And again, this is the first of the TV series that we know of that we're going to get. I mean, I'm sure the other ones probably will too, but this is the first confirmed one where we're actually getting a second uh, season. So obviously it's kind of a trailblazer for that. It'll be interesting to see how it continues in Phase 4 and how it kind of ties into the larger narrative. As I said before, it does feel like this is where everything else is going to come from. Yeah, I know, for sure. Yeah, this feels like the Kickstarter for Phase 4, right? Like it's, Even though I guess technically WandaVision is, right? Yeah, that's true. And, well, and, it, it, and we're starting to see a lot of cross-pollination because this is, in theory, setting up the multiverse that we're going to see in a movie um, with Doctor Strange. And we're going to have a... You know, if Loki shows up in that, he's coming out of a TV show, much changed from who he was. Um, and again, it makes Endgame more of a beginning now and not just an ending as well. Um, because, I mean, obviously it changed the world and we were always going to get kind of springboards off of the idea of the blip, etc. But this really felt like, you know, this was this could not have happened without that moment in Endgame and actually made it worthwhile. Oh, sure, yeah. And then here's the question now, too, with Endgame. This is the thing that is a little confusing, too. So when Steve went back, did he stop Loki from going? Oh, well, no, then- but that's not the one they stole. Right, it's not. This, but he must have stopped that event, no? Would he? Well, like, how did then the original Loki end up in a, in Asgard jail? Like, yeah, I, I, well, who knows, right? Well, I guess technically he he left, and then it, that air, that then you know they set a reset charge, so it didn't happen. But did the TVA interfere with the what the Avengers were doing? See, this is where time travel gets fucked up, right? And confusing. I mean, maybe, I mean, again, what the Avengers did had to happen, right? So the Avengers see Loki disappear with it, so they realize they got to do something else. They leave the scene, then the TVA shows up and throws a charge. Yeah, but when, well, possibly, I guess. But, like, again, how does the charge work in that sense? Like, did it bring back another version of Loki, or did it rewind time a little bit? Like, I think it, I think it would have been a little bit of both. Like, it, it would have rewound Loki enough? I don't know. Who knows? Or did, Steve, or did Steve come back and prevent that Loki from going? And that's the Loki that ends up in in Asgard jail, like for Thor: The Dark World. It's possible. I mean, another question is again when 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 the, when Cap goes back, does he? Yeah, he put the he must scepter. A branch. Like, how does how does any of that work? Right, because he beat up a version of himself. Right, but not, that doesn't matter so much. With the, um, but with the, uh, but when he goes back for Peggy, that must have created another branch. Yeah, unless it was the sacred timeline, but the, the, it would appear that it wouldn't have been, unless it was always meant to happen. But again, this is where hopefully we'll get some answers later on. But yeah, it gets confusing. And maybe these things have to happen in order for Kang's reality to be correct. Yeah, possibly because Kang's just manipulating everything to suit himself but yeah, no, but yeah there's, there's, there's tons of questions and yeah, I mean if you look at it hard enough I mean at the beginning even without the TVA the time travel and Endgame was always going to be problematic they just kind of threw any rules out the window and just kind of did what they wanted and everyone's question was how does yeah how does Cap bring back every stone and the big one being 
Like, first of all, if he's bringing back the stone anyway, could they also just not kill Black Widow? Right, yeah, well, that too, yeah. But I guess, yeah, I guess like, what, they, they, what they, they do to, to return it? Like, just uh, drop it over the side of the cliff? I guess so, and he's like, oh, hey, Johan. Yeah, yeah, how's it going, buddy? All right, here's your stone, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you're not really meant to overthink it. Like, it's funny because a lot of, like, WandaVision and, and, and Loki, it was really about, there, there was so much of, like, the marketing, et cetera, they want fans to theorize. They want us to think about it. They want us to go crazy, so we're going to watch the next episode. But with Endgame, they're like, just don't think about it. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, even this one, like, you know, there was that shot. It looked like Loki was sitting with Black Widow, and it was just him and Sylvie, right? Mm-hmm. That's so, right. Yeah, no, they definitely, they do it on purpose. Like, Marvel loves to play with people. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think we're going to get any of those questions. So moving forward, so we have What If is confirmed for August. We've got a cool trailer for that that came out recently. Um, yeah. And then after that, I believe it's Hawkeye, but it doesn't have a date yet. Yeah, Hawkeye doesn't have a date, and neither does Miss Marvel, right? No, but I guess Miss Marvel is ostensibly next year. Like, I don't know if they've ever confirmed exactly when we were getting it. Yeah, well, I think they said late uh, this year. But there's no date confirmed. I mean, I mean, if they're only six, if they're only six episodes each, it's totally possible. There's still lots of time, right? Oh, for sure. And again, and then we also have, I mean, we have movies again. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing is now we'll have more films dispersed in between shows, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, it, like there's always going to be Marvel content. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. We're stuck with it for a long time. I mean, I'm, I'm more than okay with that, obviously. So the next, um, we've talked about this before, obviously, but now that we've had Black Widow, which you and I actually got to watch together, um, and that was an interesting experience to, I've been listening to like podcasts with people talking about the movie, and a lot of people went inside in theaters, and I'm like, nope, couldn't do that here. Like, it was just not an option. Yeah, well, not close by anyway. Yeah, I don't know if we could have drove to some small town somewhere, but... A- yeah, there was like a 45-minute way that you know we could have driven to a... To a drive-in, but like a, 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 you know, your regular standard kind of theater experience was something that was definitely not available to us in Canada. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, no, but I mean, it was fun to watch it. It was a, uh, it was kind of, a, it was a little different, which but that's all right. For sure. Now, with the the Marvels or Captain Marvel Two, if you want to call it that, that's uh, currently set to come out next November. So there's a lot of time before we're going to get you know Miss Marvel's own show. So they don't have to rush that one out. No, they don't. But I think it was confirmed for this year, right? Like late this year. I guess so. I wasn't sure if it was actually confirmed or not. Uh, let me just they see. Didn't, they didn't give a solid date, but they just said late. Yeah, no, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. It's, it's late 2021, same as Hawkeye. So who knows? Yeah. So th- that's gonna yeah, be I, an I, exciting fall. Like I, 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 I'm. I don't even know which one I'm more excited about, to be honest. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll get like because if um, what if is in August. Um, you could probably do like um, Shang Chi comes out in September. You'll probably get um, Hawkeye possibly, mm-hmm. and then you get um, Spider Man and uh, Miss Marvel at the same time, kind of in mm-hmm. November. Uh, a complete aside for a second. So you had sent me a link yesterday to uh, the the newest kind of promo for Free Guy by Ryan Reynolds. Uh, which was yeah. technically the first crossover between Deadpool and the MCU, as you have him and Korg together. And I did love the moment, and I guess it confirms that Korg will be in it, where he's like, oh, you you know, you have a Disney Plus show, don't you? I guess that means that perhaps he'll be in the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? 
Oh, interesting. That's funny. I didn't realize that, but that makes sense. It's possible. I mean, or it could not, but it just feels like that's. We know that that's coming. That's coming late 2022. Perhaps you know, Korg will be there somehow. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it's kind of funny because, like, I like that they're both in the uh, free guy, right? Yeah. But, yeah, it's cool that the two actors are together. I come, you know, I, mean, I forget, I forget that Taika is Korg sometimes, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's why it's funny. Yeah, yeah, it's great. But, uh, but yeah, it's funny that that's the first MCU crossover. Crazy that, that that's the first time we get to see Deadpool with someone from the MCU. So yeah, good. <laughs> it's going to be an exciting year. We got Miss Marvel and Hawkeye still. I'm excited about both of them. I'm excited to see Elena Belova in Hawkeye, especially knowing that you know she really has a uh, a bone to pick uh, with with Hawkeye, which is going to again add a lot of stakes to it because I was very curious how they were going to do it and if it was going to be natural, and now it's like incredibly, you know, exciting to kind of see her show up because it's not going to be to ask questions; it's going to be to kill him. Yeah, I know. She was the standout in Black Widow; like she was solid. She oh, was really sure. good. Yeah, she was fantastic. So yeah, and I'm very excited for for that. And obviously, we have Shang Chi still coming out this year, and Eternals and Spider Man. So there's no dearth of Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe content, considering we got nothing last year. Uh, we hadn't seen a movie since 2019, and suddenly this year we're going to end up with what? Like, was that six TV shows and what three or four movies? Four movies. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Like it's it's full on. But I'm excited for Shang Chi too because I'm a Kim's Convenience fan. So it's a uh... I'm excited to see Simo Lee on the that. For sure. So I guess, how many Lokis out of uh, out of uh, ten would you have given this this show? Um, I'm gonna go with eight point five. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, it was really solid with the um, just that it, the only thing I like, you know, um, it's not a full piece, right? Like we're still got a whole another half. True. Yeah. It's 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 the beginning of the story. Yeah. So that's why I think like an eight point five with a because it's not a complete complete story yet yeah I, I think I'll give it an 8 I uh, I really did enjoy it again I, I think part of me is so flush with enjoying the last you know two episodes that I'm maybe forgetting how much I did, didn't really like the you know the third episode nearly as much that one again was kind of a a low point for me it's interesting because my sister-in-law loves these movies and the TV shows and was so excited for Loki and she was out after episode 3 she's done she didn't want to watch anymore Interesting. Yeah, I think if you go back and watch it again, I think you you might enjoy it more. But it is pretty out there. Like you have to. Be, I mean, if you if you got into the MCU because you like kind of the more grounded stuff, and even stuff like Doctor Strange, they tried to kind of really ground it in rules. And then this one, it just kind of goes apeshit. <laughs> like especially at the end with like we're gonna bring in the multiverse, it's gonna do all this crazy stuff. Like you have to either be okay with that or it's not gonna work. And if you're not, you know, someone who's really a fan of that idea of those concepts. Or if that's just kind of too crazy, it's not going to work for you. That's true. It, it is on the more far out, like because when you start really think about all this crap, it really is confusing. But um, but I like that though. I like that it makes you kind of your brain hurt a little. Yeah, it's obviously this is a very weird comparison, but it does remind me somewhat of like you had a show like Lost, which started very. You know, just people stuck on an island and trying to figure out what's going on with this island. And, and there were some weird mysteries at first, but like the the, the core struggles were pretty identifiable. It was just these these just these people lost and stuck. And then as the show went on, it became super science fiction. And like 
you know, time travel and all sorts of stuff and like what happened happened and all you know all sorts of crazy ideas. And so it really at the end there's a lot of people who kind of got alienated from that. And the same kind of happened with the show Person of Interest, which started as a pretty straightforward procedural and by the end became a very complex sci-fi predetermined fate AI versus AI you know kind of examination which is not what it started as so I'm wondering if if we get too into the multiverse if some of the people who you know have been enjoying the MCU up to now start to go whoa what is this have we gone too far yeah I mean it's it, it's a good question I mean they're like and is Marvel due for a stinker at some point like or is it just not possible um, that's a good yeah, question I mean, it, I mean I guess we'll, we'll find out when the Eternals comes out yeah, I guess that is probably the weakest one, right? I would say so. As a, as a comic book fan, yeah, that's 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 the, that's the biggest swing. If we thought the Guardians of the Galaxy was the weirdest swing, this is definitely a lot weirder. Yeah, well, that's what I was just going to say. Is like I remember when Guardians came out, and I was like, all right, well, I don't know, but I'm going to go check it out. Yeah, well, uh, I think the difference for comic fans was like, okay. We reached like six years ago, like at the time, this is 2014 when the movie came out. So they're like, okay, six years ago, a new version of the Guardians came out and it was pretty cool and awesome. And of course, they're going to make that into a movie. And they could see that. So at least comic book fans could say, this is a great story. This is a great characters. Let's see this. But with Eternals, everyone's kind of like, where's the greatest Eternals story? What do I read if I want to know about the Eternals? And there's no good answer. Yeah, well, I guess we'll find out. We will find out indeed. Okay, well, T-Ward, thank you so much for joining me again to talk about another one of these shows. Are we going to do one for What If, or are we just going to maybe do a... Because uh, that's very standalone by nature, so I feel like we could just kind of do a, a recap when it's over. I don't know if we need to do the same as we did usually where we do the first episode and the last episode, because in theory, there's no connective tissue per se. It's, uh, it's just separate stories. Yeah, I was going to say, how, how many episodes is it? Is that confirmed? I I will check. I feel like it's six again. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we could probably just do one for that series if you want. Yeah, I think that might probably work. I'm just looking up here. What if... Oh, it's ten episodes. And they're, what, ten, ten half hours? I would imagine. Why? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll wait and see, and then whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out after we watch the first one. That's interesting. So, like, 10 gets them pretty deep, because, I mean, that's August, right? So it starts in August, so I guess it gets them to sometime in October, um, and then, then I guess October starts to be called late 2021, so then we have those other two shows, which I would imagine, again, would be one after the other. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it'll probably be a couple weeks between them, maybe. Very exciting. Well, again, I, I cannot wait for that stuff, and I cannot wait for Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, just because there's so many rumors about that movie, I just can't wait to see any of it confirmed. Yeah, well, I mean, again, that, like, how much of the multiverse is going to be in there if, if the rumors are true and Garfield and Thing are there? Like, they got to address the multiverse there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's possible that maybe those Spider-Men aren't, but the uh, the villains are. Like, if the villains are dis- displaced from their own realities. And I remember seeing a rumor that No Way Home referred to all the villains, uh, that they didn't have a way home, and now they're stuck on the MCU's Earth. Oh, that's a good idea. That could be interesting. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, obviously they, they have this, you know, this naming convention to have every movie with home in it, but maybe it could mean something a little bit more sinister or kind of sad for these characters. Yeah, no, I'm, I am excited to see that. And I, I mean, it will be to me personally. I think it'd be really cool if they do end up bringing the other two Spider-Man into it, just to 
I mean, I think fans are ready, right? Because they they head into the Spider Verse. Like everyone's used to it now. Like the idea of having multiple versions of the same character, you know, teaming up with each other makes sense, and people are ready. Yeah, well, like you said, though, like I guess a portion, but I think it's a large portion of the audience that is, is ready for it. So you may have a bit a few people drop it off, but it's probably not going to be that many. Yeah, we'll see. All right, well, thanks again for joining me for this episode. Uh, and to the listeners, you can always email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can rate the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can always listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again, T-Work, for joining me and for you for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye.